Ethan Quantier. Sarah Smith Jr. Rabbin and Apia to Ralph Butler. To talk about their secrets to success. Watching Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Good morning. Hi there again. I'm Matt Sweden, CEO and real estate expert in one of Bahamas, and you're watching Linked Up on LinkedIn. And we have uh, another exciting guest for you here this morning. This morning, we have Nathaniel Butner, who's the managing partner of Druber Solutions. He's the president of uh, Bahamas property tax, financial wellness speaker, and he's a tax consultant. Uh, Nathaniel Butler and, I, Butler and I connected probably about a year or two ago now. And I think we both saw uh, just from uh, connecting on social and kind of uh, seeing each other around that there was a partnership in the making. And so we've been working on some projects ever since. We've, we've had the ability to be uh, uh, sat, sit together on um, Nahaja Black show uh, and have such a great discussion. So. We've been looking for ways to collaborate since then. I'm so excited to have him on this morning to talk about finances, to talk about economy, to talk about economics. Um, and so Nathaniel, it's good to have you. How are you, my brother? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be here with you and your community, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, so Nathaniel, let's jump into it. Let's jump into what is the state of the market as it relates to the financial wellness of the Bahamian people? now. You know, there's a statistic that, that, that people didn't have $1,000 pre-COVID. This was a pre-COVID statistic. Mm -hmm. How has this changed now? Okay, so the best way for me to put it is we have to look at it in three categories. You have one group that did not have that $1,000. Matter of fact, they were part of the working class. And as you know, our economy is centered around hospitality and tourism almost up to 50%. And so during COVID and all of the massive shutdown, lockdowns, restrictions on traveling, many of those individuals would have been furloughed, laid off, or even terminated. So as a result of that, many of them were home without any income and without savings and relying on social services. So many of them are still trying to pull themselves out of their financial rut. Um, it's gonna take some time. And regardless of what income size is, regardless of mindsets or regardless of financial literacy, for the most part, it's very difficult to go a full year without income. The second group is the uh, persons who were in professional services and still retain their jobs in the midst of this pandemic. For them, many of them, I should say, this was a saving grace for them because the uh, due to so many restrictions, they weren't able to move around as frequent or as freely as they would want. And as a result of that, they were able to bank a lot of money uh, more than times before. So now that restrictions have kind of lifted to a degree, you find that some of them are now spending that money that they would have accumulated or saved. And then you have out of that same group, some are making more investment moves, whether it's securities, whether it's real estate, whether it is in business, an expansion of business. And then you have this last group, which is more of the top tier. I'm talking about the fluent class and uh, going into the rich. Many of these individuals, whether they are the business owners themselves or property investment owners themselves, you find that they're in the process of either selling or trying to liquidate 
some of their spaces or in some cases trying to acquire. So there's a lot of transaction um, in that area when you're dealing with properties are, that are in Apico, properties that are in certain parts of New Providence, um, properties that businesses that are cash strapped, you find that a lot of, of, of these owners are now selling. So there's a lot of movement of money or in small pockets, I would say. Um, in regards to the financial literacy, some of them are in preparation for retirement and others, for the most part, they have just embraced uh, the possibilities and opportunities that this pandemic has created. But I cannot uh, uh, overshadow the fact that there are some persons who are struggling and, and, and having cash flow crisis. And, and then you have a lot of loans and bills that are due and there's not enough money coming in. And so you find that they, those individuals are constantly in renegotiation with their lenders. Right, right. Uh, Nathaniel, let's talk briefly about Yoruba Solutions. Uh, what this company does, who is their ideal client and, and what kind of services you provide? Great question. So Druber Solutions is really two companies in one. On the social end, we are a financial literacy education firm. It's all about empowering persons in the area of financial literacy, financial wellness, financial well-being. We do that through a series of um, corporate employee wellness programs to corporate Bahamas and even corporate Caribbean um, at large. And then on the other side of it, we do do community and social and also school events, empowering um, students, um, uh, persons within various different constituencies, communities and providences, and um, also adults for the most part. And then on the other side of it, we are a financial planning firm. So we do assist persons in getting um, the financial plan for their lives, making sure that they have identified the right products that they need. And um, you find that in most cases that they continue with us and we also help them in the area of business as well, whether they need plans for business or even financial sourcing to, to raise capital for expansion, to buy businesses, to, to start a business, those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. ideal client in the most part, I'll be honest with you, is the, so I would say two, there's the average Bahamian or Caribbean national that is not aware of how to spend their money, yeah. not aware of how to manage their money. And so by saying that, that that is a very wide and broad group of persons, various different income um, brackets, different ages, um, different stages of their life, gen both genders, um, different educational uh, backgrounds. Uh, and the reason for that is because, you know, financial uh, literacy is so rampant in our in the Caribbean as, uh, as a whole, because this was just one of those subject matters that was never taught. And then on the other side for the business owner, we're usually dealing with businesses between um, under 300,000. So those who have revenues under 300,000 and have a staff complement that is under 20 persons. Yeah, interesting. You know, when, I had an opportunity to hear you speak before. We talked about some strategies to saving money. Let's talk about some of those strategies that, that someone could use no matter where they are in, 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 in the economy to mm -hmm. save more money and work towards um, succession planning, work towards investment, work towards business development, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, you know, the thing about it is in order for you to invest, to expand, to do anything, it still comes back to savings. And uh, the first thing I would say to uh, every individual is there has to be an assessment in regards to your budget. Before you even get to the tactical part of it, you have to know how much you spend and how much you make. And then from there, uh, there's the possibility of either increasing what you make and that increase would allow you to save or uh, decreasing some of, the, uh, of what you spend or reducing some of your expenditure. Now it is easier said than done because it's more, it's, it's, yes, it's numbers, but it's more habitual. But outside of that, you have the 52 week saving plan. You have the uh, persons who do percentages. If they wanna save 10% of their income and they just put it um, within a fund that they know that they, they're, they're limited in, or restricted in how much they could withdraw from. Um, then you also have persons who believe in um, the, what they call it, the wine uh, bottle method, where they just get a empty wine bottle and just put money inside that. Um, and so, and then you have direct deposits. You just uh, have a certain amount that is uh, uh, coming out of your salary, going strictly into one of those um, institutions that uh, favor more savings than traditional institutions. Um, so these are some of the methods I would say uh, individuals would employ to, to try to get their savings up. They would have joined savings clubs. They would have joined probably ASUs in some, some cases and, or, or saving societies. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've been having the discussion recently and in talks with lawyers now about a real estate fund, a real estate mm. fund, uh, a crowdfunding initiative where you, I, and and, and, and people of our demographic who may have been able to afford uh, at least our first piece of real estate, but now we, we are to a degree capped out. Um, how do we now leverage greater opportunity of real estate investment without doubling our income, right? Because we might be near our DSR right now. Yeah. Um, how do we now take advantage of other alternative means do you think that the Bahamas has the right climate, the right environment for a real estate crowdfunding opportunity? Oh, most definitely. Um, to be honest with you, when you look at how the Bahamas is situated, we're next to one of the biggest markets in the world and the history or the existence of the world. In addition to that, you also have to take in consideration, we also have a booming tourism industry dating as far back as the 40s and 50s, where consecutively over the years, million of millions of tourists have visited the Bahamas. And because of our makeup as well, there's also not only opportunities within the city, but there's also opportunities outside of the city and other islands. The greatest challenge that we have here in the Bahamas is that we don't have the same uh, flexibility in regards to the collateral as other countries. Um, when you're dealing with our traditional financial institutions. And as you made mention, once you hit uh, a certain level in your debt service ratio, um, basically you're almost disqualified for getting any other type of uh, funding from the traditional uh, financial institutions to participate in more um, opportunities that exist. The challenge is there's not, there's not a limit in opportunities that exist, it's so much. Uh, and it's not a matter of knowledge because we are very, uh, as a society, we have embraced real estate investing more than any other form of investment 
especially when you're dealing with individuals over the age of 40. Um, they really, really embrace it. However, a crowdfunding is, in my opinion, the ideal solution now for those who are uh, probably cap the debt service ratio, have a few investments, understand how it works, and are willing to play the long game and ensure that uh, the property that uh, that is going to be invested in is of the highest maintenance, highest service, and there's no question that there will be return on that investment. There's no, without any question, there's going to be a, a, a good substantial, sustainable return on that investment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you've been super busy this year and, and, and you've been a true inspiration to me as I, as I see how you hit 2021 with a bind. Why don't we talk very briefly about Juba's goals this year, uh, number one. And talk about some of the events that you have partnered with people in, you've spoken on, you've hosted, uh, you've led uh, over the last few months of, of 2021. Yes. Well, so for, for us, our goal this year was about, well, we had several. So in one of our areas, which is college planning, our goal was to help about 200 persons go off to school. And with that being said, we're almost close. We're in the, th we're in the first quarter of the year. And we're almost about to hit that goal. Uh, we have a total of, at today's date, we have a total of about 100 students, first time uh, uh, college applicants who are going to receive scholarships, some full, some partial, and some full tuition, who are going to be attending universities and colleges in the US, the UK, and Canada uh, for the first time in September. So we're just a hundred shy, but we still have nine months to go. <laughs> um, one of our, our next goals was financial literacy inside the school and really promoting and, and, and influencing that. Um, right now, as it stands, there is no consistent program outside of JA within the schools. And that's only targeted to a selected few who have a particular grade point average. Our goal is to make the financial literacy education accessible to all persons. And so far, we have already targeted about a total of two schools, um, one public, one private. Um, our goal is to probably get into another six more schools, both private and public here within the Bahamas. And the feedback has been tremendous. Um, we have captured a lot of that information. We've captured a lot of the feedback, the content. And believe it or not, students are asking the question, why isn't this a class? When can we learn more about uh, these subject matters? And so I'm really, really excited about that. Now, our most ambitious goal for the year is targeting, uh, we want to target at least a total of 200 families in regards to financial literacy from a community sense. Now with this particular program, it's not at a cost. We are making it free, accessible, and available to everyone within the Bahamas. I can say for our first cohort, we have had a total of 82 persons who have signed up. We have uh, about 26 that are fully engaged in regards to becoming debt-free. Um, out, of, out, of out of those numbers, we are very close to having about a quarter of them to hit that $1,000 emergency mark. As you mentioned before, almost 80 to 90% of our population prior to Dor Dorian and also COVID did not have $1,000. We're almost close to hitting that $1,000 mark with them. And then last but not least, 
we also have a goal of helping um, raise close to about um, a million dollars uh, for small businesses here in the Bahamas. Uh, this is one of those areas that we have been battling with um, in regards to funding for small businesses in the country. And we're taking the appropriate steps. Uh, we're not where we want to be, I would say. However, in some time, hopefully we will be able to hit that million dollar mark coming to the end of this year. But there's one statistic I'm really extremely excited to talk about. And it's this statistic of how much persons or how much debt and tax savings we were able to retire just for the first quarter. So um, for the first quarter of this year, we were able to retire a total of $300,000 in debt. That's crazy. $300,000 uh, $300, in debt. Now that's, that's a really big number. And for instance, say, well, how do you do that? You know, from credit card debt, loans, um, some mortgages, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, in tax savings, now this will blow you, blow your mind. In tax savings, we have almost close to uh, 800000 We are very close to the million-dollar mark. And we still have a few more matters that might put us over a million dollars uh, within this very same month. So my team is really busy. I'm really excited for them. I'm really excited for all the, the, the team players or team members that we have. They're all competent in what they're doing. And um, we are really impacting lives. However, Matt, I must admit, there are some stories that um, we have a lot of individuals who are in great need of assistance, great need of help. And the reoccurring theme that we have found amongst all of them, they wish they had gotten this information earlier or mm -hmm. sooner, Matt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there were two things that stood out to me that I'd like you to, to share a little bit more detail behind. Number one is if I'm interested in college, uh, how do I reach out to you? What is the application process? How is that process about you assisting in college uh, uh, ambitions? How does that work? Okay, so great. So all they have to do is really just go to the website, which is drubersolutions.com. Uh, once they go onto the website, they then schedule an appointment uh, time. It's a free consultation where we sit down and ask some basic questions. Um, the few things that they need to take into consideration is uh, what was your cumulative GPA uh, when you were in school? Because we're not just dealing with persons who are in high school now. We have dealt with persons who have been 10 years, 15 years, 30 years removed from school. Um, I think our oldest client so far is uh, 65. Um, and she came after sending her grandkids through us to get a scholarship. So she's like, you know, let me go back to school myself. Um, so for the most part, I would say that um, all you have to do is just register on the website. We assess where you're at. And here's the, here's the kicker, Matt. We help persons where they're at. If you want to go off to school, we will direct you on what schools you should go to first. Get it as reduced, the cost as low as possible and then transition you through connecting schools for you to hit your ultimate goal in getting whatever degree or being a part of whatever program or getting to whatever state or whatever country. And, and also, if you're going to Canada, even assist you in the transition of becoming a permanent resident there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good. Then, then the next question I had, and I think you've spoken on this a bit, um, I think I want to close with that question. Before I go there, Nathaniel, let's talk about one of the events I saw was a couple's event. 
Oh yes, finances, something along those lines. Yeah. Talk about some of the some of the key points that you took away or shared from that event. Yeah. So with so every uh, February we host a series called Financial Intimacy, No More Secrets, and we believe that uh, one of the number one reasons in 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 marriages or the or the cause of a failure for marriages is the communication surrounding money, mm-hmm. and it's usually centered around someone having or maintaining a secret. Um, so with this event, we have a number of speakers who came in and they share uh, their perspectives on how couples can uh, better their relationships, couples who are in a bad uh, situation, how they can fix or remedy their, their relationship. And then last but not least, those who are about to make the, the, the commitment to one another, what can they do to, to um, avoid certain pitfalls? A um, couple of things that stood out to me was the fact that if we talk about active listening and active listening simply means that uh, you repeating back what you understand the person is saying. You know, and that and that's major. We we think it's a small thing, but you'd be surprised on how we misinterpretate, or not even listen to what our, our significant others or spouses are saying. Uh, another point what stood out to me is the fact that you have to have um, you have to be on the same page from a value standpoint. Your, your values can't be all over the place. One person believes in one thing, the next person believes in the other thing, and then you just go out there, you're doing whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think the last and most important point uh, that stood out to me is the fact that um, because sometimes we're not good in the area of money, sometimes pride, shame, fear kind of overtakes us, and we don't want to be vulnerable with our significant other, our spouse. We found that uh, if individuals are open to, to talking to a third party, from a transparency standpoint and start the process of, of, of getting to where they need to be. They may not necessarily be there, but getting to where they need to be. Um, the process of becoming one in the area of money, in the area of life, in the area of mindset, then you find that over a period of time, they eventually will achieve that goal. Um, there's so many other points that come to mind, but I would say those are the three points, active listening, um, being on the same page from a value standpoint, um, and submitting to third parties who are willing to assist them through the process of fear, shame, and 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 pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. Uh, I, I look forward to attending the, the next event like that. I, I got to wait till next year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another thing that I've heard you say is your ability to, I, I'm trying to remember whether you said you paid it off entirely or have made tremendous strides towards paying off your mortgage entirely. Let's talk about how someone can achieve that in a fraction of the time. Great question. So, so a couple of things we tell them to do up front. First, we need to understand the terms and penalties of the mortgage, the existing mortgage. Uh, we have had clients from the same uh, financial institution, and but different years, and so policies change. So we, we recommend that they go and talk to their relationship officers. Understand, first and foremost, what your interest rate is. Is it variable in most cases it's it is is it variable is it flexible is it is it fixed um understand it's there a early payment penalty is there a large lump sum penalty and once we have these facts um now we're in the position to work within the scheme of the rules you can't win the game if you don't understand the rules you know and so once we understand the rules there are some financial institutions that allow for a 13 payment if you're making monthly payments. 
Um, there are some financial institutions that do not tie your payment schedule to your salary. So if you're monthly paid, then they will make sure that your payment schedule is monthly. But there are some institutions where will say, okay, if you want to change it to weekly or bi-weekly, you can do that as well. And that also skims or saves a little bit on the back end. And then we have the process of once the emergency fund is in place, once all of the other bad debts are eliminated, then we have the process of we just attacking that debt. We're putting extra, uh, making extra payments to the principal after the main, pay main payment is made that month or bi-weekly or that week. And we're making that 13 payment at the end of the year as well. And what you find is um, those who buy into it, because I'll tell you, Matt, not everybody buys into it, but those who buy into that process, you find that once they get closer and closer, they see that number start moving in the direction they want it to go into. And it's so liberating when you become free. I've heard one person said that they felt dirty and when they made their last payment, they felt clean again. You got to understand, man, people are under uh, serious pressure when you have a mortgage and, and, and financial uh, or, or lending facilities you have to pay. Some people feel like they're just working to pay these things. But freedom is what everybody should aspire for. Some people say they want it, but they won't put in the work. So I'll say this. This is not a long game. And you can get out as quickly as how determined you are in regards to raising the, the money you need to get out. Now, let me make this very clear, Matt. You don't need to make $100,000 a year to retire your mortgage very quickly. No, you just need to be consistent. You need to be consistent in what you're going to pay on that within the scheme or the scope of what your mortgage provider will allow you to do. And then also you need to be motivated. There will be days, I'll be honest with you, there will be days you will be discouraged. But I'll tell you this much, we always recommend to our people that they get uh, the printout every every uh, twice a year. So they make sure that they're on the same page with their amortization schedule um, because we're making now principal payments. So we got to watch it to make sure that the number is going down because sometimes the money is put into another account or it's put on hold for the next payment for the next month. So we got to watch all of these things. And I'm telling you, Matt, when people pay off their loan and when they get that letter of satisfaction, um, uh, you know, the level of joy, excitement, freedom, I mean, you see it in their eyes. You see it on their continents, man, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then lastly, one of the things we touched on on the Hydra show was someone who, who is, they on, they on the brink. And they realize that, that listen, I ain't gonna make this next payment. What is the most prudent thing for someone to do who realizes they're about to go into arrears? I think for them, the biggest thing, I used to say reaching out and call, but I'd say the biggest thing is to understand their em the emotions of money. See, you got to understand, Matt, not everybody can handle life challenges and crisis the same. I know some persons who are financially well, but because of the pandemic, emotionally, they live in fear. And so for someone who's in that situation where now the emotions may catch up with the reality or with the bank account, with the arrears, um, you find that they are sometimes a little bit scared and they may not reach out. So just come into grips of where they are. I've also seen persons who are delusional. What I mean by that is that they are in arrears. They and they would stick their head in the sun pretending that this will just go away. 
You know, if we don't say anything to anyone, all of this will just go away. So I think the 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 the, the first point is coming to grips of where you are from an emotional side with money and a mindset side. Once you have uh, identify where you are. Is it a good place? Is it a bad place? Do you want help? You don't think you need help. Once you identify where you're at, then the next step is, regardless of where you're at, you still need to seek help. And then you start the process of recovery. Uh, depending on what's your financial situation, you start the process of recovery to get out of the, the situation that you're in. And things happen to everyone. So I, I do want to say this. In some cases, it is not the individual's fault that life has presented them of what they're faced with today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such helpful information, Nathaniel. So glad to have you on. So glad to be able to share this information via LinkedIn and this new audience that I'm building uh, uh, exclusively there. And so uh, I really appreciate you being on and so glad we were able to have this chat and I look forward to collaborating with you more this year. Yeah, definitely. I look looking forward to it as well. I think a lot of persons will be impacted and more importantly, many persons will materialize their dreams. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Well, Nathaniel, thanks for having me on and you've watched another episode of Linked Up on LinkedIn. And my name is Nathaniel Parker and you have been watching Linked Up on LinkedIn. <laughs>